Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey everybody, welcome to Just for Variety. I'm your host, Mark Malkin. On today's episode, I'm talking to Justin Thoreau about The Mosquito Coast, Apple TV Plus's new series adaptation of the bestseller of the same name written by the actor's uncle, Paul Thoreau. Here, Justin Thoreau is talking about taking on the role, an idealist with a seemingly dark past who uproots his family to Mexico that was originally played by Harrison Ford in a 1985 film adaptation. Thoreau also looks back at one of his worst auditions and reveals what he's enjoyed binging during the pandemic. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, you know, surviving, surviving. How's, uh, oh. how's it been? How are you? How are you surviving? You're doing okay? I'm doing okay. Yeah. You know, these weirdly, these even doing this is, is enough of a distraction to make me forget how long I've been indoors and cooped up. So Mosquito Coast, I think I made a mistake. I watched the whole thing. Good. That's a mistake. <laughs> but Unless you didn't mistake. want to. No, it's a mistake in the sense of like to talk to you, I don't want to spoil anything. So I know way too much. You know too much. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. so great. My husband and I watched it. We binged it. I think we did three days. Well, well that's not too bad of a binge. Yeah, we're, you know, we get, if we get onto something, we want the whole thing and then we get upset. Because then it's over. But great job. Thanks for leaving us completely like on the edge of our seats, nervous. The tension is just unreal. Okay. Oh, you know, it's, I mean, we just have to talk about Allie. I mean, what? Tell me about his mind. I don't want to say crazy because that might be insulting, but no, is he? We don't know yet. You know, I mean, that's, that's, listen, that's the, the main reason I, I wanted to do this so badly because mm-hmm. um, I love that character. You know, he's by in turn, by turns, um, both charming at times and infuriating, you know, because, right. you know, there's just times where you, you love him and there's times where he's very frustrating um and and um and add to that he's just got a, a kind of an incredible mind you know he's he's so forward leaning he's so um intelligent sharp all those things but at the end of the day you know his ideology is he's so lashed to it you know that that it's you start to realize like oh he might be you know 
the wheels might be coming off, you know. Is he complete narcissist? No, I don't think so. I mean, uh, I, I don't know what he is. I wouldn't, I wouldn't know how to diagnose him. You know, I, I, in, you know, in a weird way, he's an optimist or he's, um, uh, I don't know. He has trouble seeing other people's point of view, which I guess is a narcissistic trait. Um, right. But I don't think he, I do think he has empathy for people, you know, um, enormous empathy, um, which is not yeah. a narcissistic trait. Um, I don't know. I think, you know, he's, he's too smart by half for his own good. You know? right. Is he a good parent? Up for debate. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> I mean, these are all things that I think honestly, are, are hopefully, if we've done our job correctly, are, are things that will, uh, are questions that the audience will answer, you know, um, because Ali thinks he's a good parent. He thinks he's not only a good parent, he's probably the best parent, you know, mm. um, and Arguably, there's times throughout our series where he is a good parent, um, but there's definitely times where you wonder whether um, this ideology that he's trying to instill in his children is really just to see himself reflected back at himself, um, or or whether it's what his family wants or whether it's actually what he wants. So let's take take us back to even beginning this this project. Obviously, it's based on a novel um, written by your uncle um did you always have you been like putting that in your uncle's ear for years going come on one day let's do it no he had his shot when they did the harrison ford movie and i was right. years old and i was ready um <laughs> I, it's honestly it's i wish i had a better story behind it it's 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 a pretty pedestrian way of of coming to it which is paul had already set this up with Fremantle and apple and they were going down the normal road of, of mounting this and casting it. Um, and that's when it popped up on my radar. Um, if anything, I should be angry at Paul for not calling me <laughs> first. Um, and then I sort of just raised my hand, you know, slightly higher than the rest, I guess. But um, but I, I, I knew the character well because um, it had always sort of been in the periphery of my childhood and throughout my entire life. Um, and I thought that that's a character I'd really like to play. So I met with Neil Cross, read the scripts. We totally hit it off. Um, and, um, and, and, the, and then I got the job, you know? Um, and so I had the joy of calling up Paul and going like, <laughs> guess what? Um, I got, uh, I'm going to be doing the mosquito coast, uh, out. and he was thrilled. I mean, beyond thrilled. I'm very excited. Was there any hesitation, like mixing family and business? Maybe that next Thanksgiving may not go over well if he doesn't like it. No, no. <laughs> I think um, if anything it was the opposite, it was kind of a, a, like a, a great comfort, you know, in that knowing that um, because I was so familiar with it, um, I felt like I came in sort of slightly ahead of the game. You know, I'd already skipped mm. a couple of grades as far as creating the character. Um, and then, of course, he's now seen it and adores it, you know, so um, and I don't think he's just being a proud uncle. I think he's he's, he's he really genuinely does love it. Uh, Harrison Ford, did you call him, say, hey, you know, there's this role I'm thinking of doing. Would you mind? No. It, <laughs> I mean, that's like that's, um, you know, it, look, characters are like, you know, they do it in plays all the time. No one calls someone and says, hey, I know you did Hamlet. Do you mind? Uh, but I will say, you know, it does cross one's mind to kind of uh, see if they can offer any shortcuts. Um, 
but I would never have called him. However, we did have a really coincidental, again, um, I was in Mexico City and he happened to come through for work um, and stay at the same hotel as me. And we had a mutual friend in common. He said, you guys should, you're both in Mexico City. You should get together and have a bite. So I said, well, by all means, please. And so we had this wonderful, long sort of um, lugubrious tequila filled night over Mexican food. Um, uh, and it was just fabulous. And we, we did talk about Mosquito Coast, but it wasn't central. He's a, a much more fascinating man than the guy who just played that part. So we talked about a wide range of things. But, um, so you told him you want to play Han Solo. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, Were you in? Henry and <laughs> yeah, Exactly. Were you in Mexico City shooting Mosquito Coast? Yeah, I was there actively doing it. So it was, I mean, obviously intimidating because I didn't, <laughs> I didn't know him. So I didn't know if he was going to be like, oh, you're the, the guy playing the part that I crushed, you know, like <laughs> such a fabulous job, you know, but um, obviously. So I, and I wasn't trying to crib from him or you know, it was actually hard to kind of forget his performance and put it to the side. So why, I mean, watching it now, obviously it, when, when you were shooting it, how long ago did you shoot it? Because what I find fascinating is it just speaks to where we are in this moment in time with the pandemic, with, you know, talking about big corporations and, you know, pharma and capitalism. It just, Ali really is saying a lot that's being said right at this moment. Yeah, he's one of those characters. I sort of think of him as like, almost like an uber American, but in the vein of like Hemingway or Jack Kerouac or, you know, Jack London, or, you know, like he's just one of those go West young mm -hmm. kind of guys, you know, that he's a real sort of frontiersman in a way, you know, but he's also an incredibly sharp wit and intellect um, with, and has an abundance of opinions. Um, uh, and I think he speaks to what a lot of us feel or, or he voices things that, that a lot of us instinctually think anyway. Um, mm. and, you know, I don't think it's political. I don't think it's particularly um, related to any party. I think it's, it's, he's genuinely disenchanted with um, our country, you know, which is a very American trait. You know, I think virtually every American could complain about something in our country. Um, uh, I think that's universal. Um, but the things that he targets are somewhat altruistic sometimes and sometimes insane, you know. What did you learn about yourself playing Allie? I could say what I like about Allie is, uh, and it's not necessarily a trait I have, but I like how, or what I enjoyed about playing him is that he has very little self-doubt. Mm. Um, uh, and that, if you were to open up his chest and look at his emotional life, it's probably exactly what's reading on his face. You know? Mm. Um, so there's no, there's not a lot of, um, he's a pretty clear channel for what he thinks, you know? Right. Um, and I really admire that in anyone in life, um, people that can just have the courage of conviction, um, which I don't think, uh, which I, I'm sure I have at times, but, uh, I admire it. 
So what about some of the violence? Oof, there were times I had to look away. <laughs> uh, that seems pretty common these days. In time. Right? Um, I mean, if you, especially if you're not predisposed to liking that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't think, you know, look, we do it, I think, only at certain very particular moments where violence is necessary. But um, I'm trying to think of what, what made you look away. Uh, Butterflies, I'll just say that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, I think that was, I think, you know, I mean, it's all intentional. But actually, very off screen in, in one respect, you know. We're going to take a short break from my interview with Thoreau for a peek inside this week's Just for Variety column. Sean Hayes says he may not be officially diagnosed as a hypochondriac, but he certainly feels like one. And now the former Will and Grace star will explore all his health concerns in Hypochondriactor, a new podcast he's co-hosting with doctor and stand-up comedian Priyanka Wally. Launching May 5th, the podcast will include guests discussing their unique medical stories. Hayes jokes that the main reason he created the podcast was for free medical advice. So has your doctor told you you're No, I'm undiagnosed, but I'm <laughs> sure he would joke. He would jokingly say I am too. But I just happen to be an actor who's non-diagnosed hypochondriac. She just happens to be a stand-up comic who's a, a doctor, and we married the two and gave birth to a podcast about it. And, and yes, to answer your question, no, I mean, no, I'm not diagnosed, but like, yeah, I constantly think about everything that's wrong with my body. I always say like to anybody, like if you want to, you don't have to. I always think it's kind of fun to say, you can literally say any part of my body on the inside or outside, and I, I, I name it, name one of those things, I'll probably have a story about it. Check out more of my interview with Hayes in this week's Just for Variety column in the magazine and available online. Now here's more of the Mosquito co-star, Justin Thoreau. Season two. There, ha- there has to be. I mean... From your lips to Apple's ears, we'll see. But you know, as you know, that's that's a black box I don't get to look into. I know, so but me, I can. I'm telling everyone I want a season two because we we. Well, I can't say what happens at the end, but I want to see more. Yeah, yeah. Because it, I mean, it could go in so many different places. <laughs> I know. <it's>, <laughs> and I th- well, listen. Well, I can tell you we have plans for where it goes, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, but we have to be given a. You know, green light to do that and of course why 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 a series not what why not make you know why not uh make a remake of the movie why seven episodes um i think you know i mean it's been kind of proven that shot for shot remakes don't really make much sense um Mm -hmm. i've never seen one that i particularly love where there's been an improvement on the original so i think in order you know look in that movie and the book was essentially a period piece at this point, you know, mm-hmm. I don't think we wanted to do a period piece or add that to our plate of things we had to um, uh, execute. Um, and I think Neil correctly understanding that we in a perfect world would have anywhere from 30 to 40 to 50 hundred hours of television to fill had to make certain specific changes. Mm. The most obvious of which, which is not a spoiler necessarily is this, um, fire on their backs that, uh, you know, uh, that, that forces them to leave the United States, which mm-hmm. is not a part of the book. Um, and in order to explore the characters more and, and, and go deeper and richer than perhaps the movie uh, could, 
um, you know, we made, we updated, you know, mother character, for example, in the book, in the movie, was, never even had a name, it was just called mother. Um, right. And uh, one of the things we were determined to do is, you know, give her a purpose for existing. Um, so, not only that, but also give her some real agency. So let's talk about your binging. What do you binge? What have you binged? What have you been so-called addicted to? I've been binging um, anything that's true crime. Binge, I've been really into sort of docu-series. And mm -hmm. they all just kind of blur together. But that was the thing that I really treated myself to in the pandemic and then sort of Jones for when I finished them. Um, just started that QAnon one on HBO. I, the one sort of scripted thing that I did binge, which... I think is maybe one of the most brilliant pieces of television um, uh, that I've seen in a long time is Pen15, that, that uh, coming-of-age comedy. It's so which good. Is just so freaking good. And I don't know why I relate to it so hard. I'm not <laughs> a preteen girl or anything like that, but there's something so achingly funny and beautiful about that show that I just can't. I actually saw uh, one of the actresses um, on the street the other day and I did one of those, I, I didn't, I wasn't being creepy or anything, but I mean, I recognized her just through her mask and she was like wearing like this. And I went, like, and I didn't, I was like, oh my God, I'm going to say something. No, I'm not. I'm going to say something. And then I ended up not saying something, but, um, but I was like, it was the first time I'd felt starstruck in a while. So that was kind of fun. So who, who was it? The blonde or the brunette? The blonde. <laughs> um, yeah, that show, I mean, the show is so unique. Because I remember when the, they had first shown it to me because they actually asked me to moderate a panel with them. And I knew I'll nothing it, about yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> and I knew nothing about it. And I'm watching it and I'm like, I mean, talk about a fresh take on a story that's been told a gazillion different ways. A trillion times. And I was not expecting much either. I was kind of saying, oh, this will be interesting. But I was I found myself moved. I mean, obviously laughing my face off through huge portions of it but um but also so touched by it you know like i don't know it's just um, <laughs> yeah and now take me back to your days starting in the business tell me about the most memorable audition you've ever had or the worst or i like worst auditions but people usually frame it in memorable memorable worst i mean i remember oh my god I've had so many horrible auditions. I mean, like, I mean, ones where, you know, particularly before you've ever even worked kind of auditions, you know, those are the worst mm -hmm. ones because I like, who are you? I don't know. Okay. Um, they have no point of reference for you. But one of the worst ones I had was um, for Thin Red Line, uh, mm -hmm. Terrence Malick war movie. And I remember thinking like, Oh, I obviously love Terrence Malick going like, Oh my God. And then it was the classic, like, and there's no script by the way. And then I was like, Oh, okay. So then what's the, um, what's the audition? They're like, well, they'll tell you when you get there or <laughs> assumingly they would give you something that, you know, like whatever. And, you know, when you go to, usually when you go to audition, or at least when I go to an audition now, I, I meet with the director or I, you know, and the casting director and blah, blah, blah. There's people in the room, but when you're starting out in a career, you kind of get like the casting director's assistant, assistant, maybe will see you. Um, and there was this woman who was casting it. And, she, you know, it was the classic, like I was waiting in a hall, it was in like a hotel or something. And, um, sorry. That just woke my dog up, by the way. 
My dog was What's like, that? My, <laughs> my dog was like, what? Maybe that should mean. And so I arrived there to do this audition, and there's no sides, no scene, no lines, no nothing. And I go into the room, and the cast nurse is like, okay. And there's like, it's like a room, like with like a couple chairs in. She's like, okay, just like get behind a chair and pretend like you're in a foxhole or something, like smoking a cigarette. And I'm just like, and I'm like, and they're filming it and you're like, what? And they're like, just like, get behind the chair and pretend like you're in a battle. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? So, you know, you sort of tipped over a chair and I was like, you just want me to just like pretend like, and so there I am kind of going like, but I, I don't know what war we're fighting. I don't even know what the movies, I know it's a war movie. That's all I know. And so I'm sitting there pretending to like pull pins out of a grenade and, you know, charge and all that. And I'm like, what is the stupid, you know what I mean? It's like, it's like telling a painter to paint a house without giving them brushes, you know, like just put paint around. I don't know. I don't need brushes. Like, you know, it's like, I need words to say. So that was a particular humiliation. Um, I have to tell you, most of the people I talk to when I ask this question, it comes down to one of the same type of audition where it's like, just do this. There's no props. There's nothing. There's yeah. And you're sitting in a room and you're like, you just have to. Yeah, but it's like we're not magicians. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so you want me to write, direct, and act this all on the spot um, without any information about who the person is, what I'm supposed to be doing. I mean, it was just like, I don't know. And I got the job. No, I didn't get the job. Of course I didn't get the fucking job. <laughs> It'd be a different story if you got the job. Yeah, totally. I know. I could be Jim Diesel. Um, <laughs> When are you when are you gonna dip back into the superhero world? You know, you got you did that on Iron too. That was like such a you know lucky job. I mean, I just finished working with Robert on Tropic Thunder and then I yeah. somehow got in the room with Marvel and I don't know if I will. I mean, you know, um who knows? I don't know. Are are you a big are you one of those Marvel fanatics? Are you a DC fanatic? I'm not a fanatic. I'm I love everything that Marvel does though. I think those guys are very, very smart um and i loved what they did um you know frankly the way they sort of reverse engineered iron man into the avengers i thought was one of the greatest have to check, of all time you have to check out wandavision i know i'm dying to I actually i love paul um he's so he's so good so good in it it's a side of paul that we haven't seen it's oh, really wait. it's genius Oh, good. Justin, it's always good seeing you. Hopefully the next time we see each other in person, congrats on the Wait, show. Wait, I know. Where are you? Are you in LA somewhere? Kicking around? I'm in LA. You know. How are you doing? There. Good? I'm double vaccinated. Oh, congrats. Very, uh, wow. That's what everyone keeps saying. It's so weird. Um, oh, God. You know, and it's strange because you're told this whole year this invisible virus is out there, but now, yes, I'm still wearing masks. I'm still being safe. But I'm like, are we real? Like this shot, these two shots have made That's it safe. And yes, you know, LA, have. LA is moving us fast. You know, they're gonna, they're thinking of movie theaters at 50% already. They're doing the same in New York. I'm not, I'm not putting my butt in one yet. I am not going anywhere near a movie theater. Yeah. Not now. Also, the weather's awesome. I, frankly, I just want to be out there. I know that. Listen, I'm, I'm a native New Yorker, so I, but I've been in LA now 20 years, and yeah. I don't miss winter.
That was Justin Thoreau. The Mosquito Coast premieres on Apple TV Plus on April 30th. Thanks for listening to this week's Just for Variety. Coming up next week, Michael B. Jordan. The actor will be here to talk about his new action film, Without Remorse. Until then, don't forget to follow me on Twitter and Instagram, at Mark Malkin. For all the latest in Hollywood news, head over to Variety.com. And remember, keep wearing your masks. See you soon. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.